1: We've been a Cincinnati Reds affiliate for quite some time, and I don't even know what it's like to talk about the Reds in the postseason at this point. But luckily, we have another team here in the state of Ohio that knows how to play deep into the postseason when it comes to Major League Baseball. The Cleveland Guardians, the New York Yankees, Game 5 tonight. Hopefully, I saw some weather is potentially impacting that, but we'll talk about that now as we welcome in Al Palowski. He's the host of Guardians Live. Al, welcome in, sir. How are you?
2: Hey, fellas. Great to be here with you.
1: Al, first of all, thank you again for hanging out with us today. Now, again, game five tonight. I want to rewind all the way back to what in February, spring training, heading into spring training. When you looked at everything that was going on, you know, star players leaving left and right, which is not really a a new thing to this team, obviously, but they get the big contract done. Not a big uh, number on their payroll. Did you ever expect that we'd be talking about a game five between the Guardians and the Yankees here in the middle of October right now?
2: Well, it certainly seemed unlikely back then. I mean, you knew that they had a lot of young talent coming up. The question was, with all young talent, number one, would they be able to develop and get close to their ceilings? And then number two, how long would it take? Well, it turns out that most of them have been able to develop and, and approach their ceilings, and, and then they've also been able to do it much quicker, I think, than, than many people thought. You can look at the pitchers, the hitters, it seemed whatever... Uh, the Guardians needed this year, you know, especially when it came to calling up some of these young hitters, even as late as late September, like Will Brennan, for example, who had a key pinch hit on Saturday night in Game 3. They've all been able to contribute. They've all been able to to come through when needed. Uh, so that's been the big difference. But yeah, if you would have asked me back in you know, February or March if I thought this team would be playing a deciding Game 5 against the New York Yankees in October, I would I would have said that's probably unlikely, but Boy, now that it's happened and you look back on it, you can see how the development took place. But I don't think anybody had the foresight, uh, you know, eight, nine months ago.
0: You know, be it that the Guardians play a different brand of baseball than everybody else in it in Major League Baseball. And you hear guys like Michael Kay and Rollins talk about that. They're lucky to beat the Yankees so many times in this series already. What do you make it at?
2: Well, a little bit of it is, is sour grapes on their part because they they look at the payroll, and they look at the talent they have, and they think it's their birthright to just go to the World Series this right. year. And it's like, well, guys, you know what? There's some other teams out there that that are, that play a game maybe a little bit differently than what you're used to, and they can come in and beat you. Um, I, you know, I I understand a portion of what they're saying. I mean, sure, to the to, to somebody that hasn't been with this team all season long and looks at it from the outside and, you know, a a group like them who's basically following the Yankees and sees their brand in the American League East, they're not going to be able to fully appreciate what a team like the Cleveland Guardians has done or what the organization has done putting this together. Um, As far as somebody like me who gets to see this team day in and day out and gets to see Terry Francona manage day in, day out, and for, you know, years see him and see the front office and the way they've been able to build major league baseball team and grow their own talent and develop those players. It's been a joy to watch. I mean, a lot of these, these kids, that's what they are. I mean, they're they're kids, but Mm -hmm. you, you watch them play and you just, you love it. You love their enthusiasm for it. Uh, They've got quite a brotherhood in that clubhouse. They all really do like one another. They, they pull for one another. They play for one another. Somebody brought this up the other day and I, I I can't remember where I heard it, but I thought it was brilliant Um, in that, you know, you, you take a look at these, sorts of players and the way they've they've played together this year it is so unlikely to happen at the top level of professional sports because there's so much individualism but there truly is a group of guys here with the cleveland guardians that believes in one another plays for one another um you know i cover college basketball i do the the play-by-play for cleveland state in many ways and i mean this in a good sense it feels like a group of college guys and where they have that You know, that brotherhood, that camaraderie, and they really do want to play for each other and accomplish a goal.
0: You know, talking about tonight's game, all hands on deck, right? Because, I mean, there's no series versus the Houston Astros without winning tonight. All pitchers are on deck for tonight?
2: Absolutely, yeah. Everybody's going to be available as far as I know. You know, Cal Quantrill, who pitched yesterday for Cleveland, he won't – he won't be available, and um, Tristan McKenzie, who pitched on Saturday, most likely won't be available. But he did have a, a day off, so he, I guess you could see him in an emergency situation if they go 20 innings tonight. But yeah, everybody else is going to be available. Shane Beaver should be available for a couple of innings if you need him. But I mean, he's slated to go on Wednesday night, and, and you still gotta gotta keep an eye to the future in mind. But again, if you if you play a deep game. Uh, Shane Bieber could give you a couple of innings tonight. Let's hope it doesn't come to that. Let's right. hope. I just hope Cleveland wins somehow. That's first and <laughs> foremost. I think it would be a great story. But, you know, number two, uh, let's hope that, that it, it could be the regular guys, the Stephens, the Karen Jacks, the Class A's closing out this game. Yeah, you know, me
0: being from Cleveland, this team is so different from the team that I grew up on with uh, Albert Bell and Kenny Lofton and the guys, and then the team that just went to the World Series back in 16. In your eyes, what makes this team so different from the others?
2: Well, number one, you know, the power that those 90s teams had, obviously. You know, one through nine, pretty much anybody that came to the play could could leave the yard. You know, Bell and, and Tommy and Manny Ramirez were the most prominent of those power hitters, but for a while, at the end of his career, they had Eddie Murray. Uh, Kenny Lofton could still leave the yard. Carlos Bayerica could leave the yard. Uh, Paul Sorrento had a great year in but He's bat eighth and he could leave the yard. So the power was the one thing that stood out. Um, but the difference, uh, you know, on the other side of the coin, the starting pitching is better than those mid-'90s teams. Those mm-hmm. mid-'90s teams had some good starting pitchers, with Dennis Martinez and Charlie Nagy and Oral Hirschheiser. But this starting pitching as a unit, I think, is a little bit better. What's comparable are the bullpens. Right. I mean, I know that Jose Mesa eventually ran into tough times with Cleveland That name fans. still gives what me chills. At <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what happened to that 97 World Series? But you look at Jose Mesa and what he did in 95, and then look at Emmanuel Classe and what he's doing this year. I mean, those two guys are very comparable. You bring them in late, they've got some great stuff, and they're going to get you out um but that's what stands out the most for me plus at that time too it was you know, it was a different time because cleveland baseball had been down for so long you know until 95 they hadn't played a postseason game since 1954 when they got swept by the giants in the world series they've played a lot of postseason games since then so playing in the postseason isn't strange to cleveland baseball fans but the type of team they have and this one is so young compared to that team those those guys were all in their prime. You know, they were still young in general, but they were they were all, you know, hitting their prime right at the same moment. They were all power hitters. This is a young team that what's scary I think for the rest of the American League and maybe to the guys in New York that are looking at this team going, well, "What are they doing here now?" is the fact that they should only get better. So if I were going to compare and contrast, I think those are the things that that stand out the most for me.
1: We have Al Pulowski with us here, host of Guardians Live on Bally Sports Network, hanging out with us here uh, ahead of tonight's Game Five between the Guardians uh, and the Yankees. Um, Al, you were talking about the youth of this team, and that's what separates it from previous, you know, uh, you know, top teams in the history in the franchise's history. I saw an article earlier today I was reading. They were called the the Cleveland Who. Uh, just talking about all the young faces on this <laughs> roster and, and how important it is, you know, for the franchise after just rebranding to the Guardians. You have a lot of new faces on this roster and getting a lot of attention now because of the fact they're getting these primetime games against the New York Yankees but you, you look at this Yankees lineup you know the Cleveland who but this late Yankees lineup stars from top to bottom I mean you watching this series right now I mean there's not an easy out in that lineup the, the uh, Guardians have done a great job of course you know being able to, to go against Aaron Judge who's definitely cooled down he finally was able to put the bat on the ball last night but your overall takeaways of just how the Guardians with a bunch of who's uh, matching up against this Yankee team just full of star power from top to bottom
2: yeah, they did a pretty good job at neutralizing bats other than Harrison Bader, who, mm-hmm. you know, hit three home runs against them in the series. And it, and it always seems that way, doesn't it? There's always some guy who joins some team late that goes to the postseason who you know of. I mean, obviously, when Harrison Bader was in St. Louis and coming up, uh, he was a, he was one of the top prospects. And when he first got to the league, you thought, okay, this kid's going to be pretty good. But ultimately, didn't work out for him there. Winds up in New York, and, you know, suddenly he looks like he's realizing that potential. Uh, we thought that we saw what two, three years ago. I remember when St. Louis the Cardinals came to Cleveland for a series and I watched him play and he was real hot and I was I said, My goodness, this guy's gonna be a great hitter. I'd love to have him in Cleveland. Well, here we are in twenty twenty two and he's in New York. Um, but yeah, they they've they've done a great job of of pitching to the Yankees hitters holes. And as good as Aaron Judge is, he still has some holes in those swing uh, and they found him, you know, and they're they're able for the most part. You know, he did hit that one home run the other night, but but for the most part, they've been able to to keep him in check. Rizzo is always a dangerous mm-hmm. hitter. He's he's done well against Cleveland. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. you know, he did well against them when he was with the Cubs. He's doing well against them now. But finding the holes, and I mean that's that's the only thing that this organization is just so good at. Their advanced scouting is good. Um, they're the when you come up through the system, you know, studying other hitters, and or if you're a hitter studying other pitchers, that they've just got this this thing. You know, we we in Cleveland call it, you know. Uh, your university for the pitching team, but really it's almost like Cleveland Guardians University. It's it's you're doing a lot more than just playing the game on the field. The preparation is so, so big, and these young kids that have come up, they, it's instilled in them. And I think that's carried over now to when you play a team like the Yankees in this series. And, again, for the most part, now they've had some big hits, but for the most part, you're right, they've been able to neutralize these guys, at least everybody not named Harrison Bader. <laughs>
1: Uh, real quick uh, before we send you out here, the, the the payroll tells us. Well, this is a rebuilding team, right? Who are the Who are the Cleveland Guardians? Al, like the the payroll says this is a rebuilding team, but we also know how this franchise can be when it comes to you know spending a lot of money. Who are the Cleveland Guardians? Is this a rebuilding team? Is this a team that's just ahead of schedule? Is this a team that's able to maybe capitalize on spending less because they have such a good farm system and eye for talent, as you alluded to? How do you explain what we're watching right now with the Guardians? Because as a fan of the Cincinnati Reds who spend $160 million and had the worst season in franchise history this year, I know payroll's not everything, but the payroll tells us they're rebuilding, but they seem to be ahead of schedule. Who are the Guardians in your opinion?
2: So first, to answer your question in, in one word, I would say yes to, to all of your questions. It's exactly what this organization is. Um, the reason they're so successful, and I, I've seen this firsthand now over the years, the top reason, number one, is when guys are at their prime and just starting to, to come down, and then as a consequence, if you look at the history of free agency and big contracts, that's when they generally sign the big money. They know they have to trade them at that moment because their value will never be higher, and you're not going to overpay at that point if you don't keep them. And then you're stuck at the end of those contracts because I mean, look at all these long-term contracts that have been signed. Every single one of them at the end are regrettable. Every, every single one. I you know I, I fail to see one when where, where you look at it and say, boy, I'm glad we signed this guy five years ago to a you know multi-hundred million dollar contract. And then you know we still got five more years, and look at the production. Well worth it. It's just it, it never seems to happen. So this organization got that quickly. You can look at Oakland. You can look at Tampa Bay. They, they do similar things too. They they trade people before they come down, and before you have to spend so much money on them that you're hamstrung, and now you can't go out there and and make the moves you need to make. For example, Jose Ramirez. Yes, he signed at a club discount for the seven year deal that he signed. But still, Cleveland had the sort of money to, to, to feel comfortable offering him even that in the market size that Cleveland is, which is obviously similar to Cincinnati. You still have the, the comfortability of that because you didn't have all these big contracts on your books. So you're able to, one, get out from under those contracts before they're even signed. So, so they're never signed in the first place. And obviously a guy like Jose Ramirez for what they signed him for, That's the type of long-term deal you want to do. And then secondly, when you make those trades, you get guys back that are pretty darn close to being major leaguers. Look at the Mike Clevenger deal in 2020 in which they got six players back. We've already heard from from four out of those five on a quality level. Look at Cal Quantrill. I mean, you can make an argument that Mike Clevenger for Cal Quantrill straight up was a steal based on what you got back value-wise. Cal Quantrill, a little bit better, a little bit more consistent pitcher, than Mike Clevenger this year, even when Clevenger's healthy, but Clevenger's been hurt. Clevenger mm-hmm. cost a whole lot more money. But Cal Quantrill, quite simply, is better. Okay, well then you still got guys like Gabriel Arias who had a big game on Saturday. Another rookie who has now come up that that is coveted by some other franchises that would love to have a guy like that. Owen Miller, who's made contributions this year. Austin Hedges, who I understand is not not your most consistent hitter but he's been an anchor for this baseball team in the clubhouse and a pretty good defensive catcher, especially at calling a baseball game. So you've got all these guys back that are key members of this group, and that's just one trade that I mentioned. There's been several others that they've made over the last few years, so they got off the guys early, they got young guys in that were close to Major League ready, and then they plugged in, and they played them, and they worked. And that's been the key, and a lot of teams, when I look around, they don't do that. Look at the Detroit Tigers when they signed Miguel Cabrera to that contract. Hey, Mickey was a a great hitter for 10 years, probably for a series of 8 to 10 years, the most dangerous hitter in the American League. But when they signed him to that deal, he was, I don't want to say he was done, but he was pretty close to done. So now for the last five, six years, you're stuck with that contract in a guy whose production is slowly declining, and he can't really go out there and do anything else. Cleveland has avoided doing that at the moment. It feels good. You sign Miguel Cabrera and all he accomplished for your organization, you feel great to give him that long contract, and, and you feel good about him being here for the, for the rest of his career. Mm-hmm. But, boy, then a couple of years after you sign that, you look back and go, man, this put us in a position where we aren't able to go out there and make the moves we want or we weren't able to get an infusion of young talent that we needed and that we could have used right now. Cleveland can see the future I would say as good as any Major League Baseball franchise, and that's why they're where they are today. And they only need one season of quote-unquote rebuilding because they can thread the needle with the talent that they've brought in.
0: So you're saying the Guardians won't be doing a
1: Bobby Bonilla deal anytime soon?
2: Correct. That is 100% correct. That will
1: not be happening. All right, Al Palowski, host of Guardians Live Valley Sports Network. Al, we appreciate you. You talked about the Guardians being able to see the future. Well, can you see the future? Are we going to see the Guardians and Guardians and Astros in the American League Championship Series?
2: I would love to see it. I'll tell you what, guys, I could see tonight's game going either way. Cleveland's got some, I think they have deeper pitching than New York. That's going to play a factor tonight. But a game five in New York, you're going to have a lot of things to go against, uh, including you know, maybe not the, not the best strike zone in the late innings for you. Hopefully Cleveland goes out there, scores some runs early for Aaron Savali. He gets off to a good start. They get the ball to that bullpen, and the bullpen pitches like they have all season. Then I feel pretty good about it. But this Yankees team, they do have some dangerous home run hitters, and if it's a close game, that can sometimes make the difference. So we'll see. I think it's going to be a good game either way.
1: Man, Kev, that was fun talking about a playoff <laughs> baseball team on the show today. We don't get to do that often, but how about that? Al Plowski, host of Guardians Live Valley Sports. Al, thanks so much. Great hearing from you. We'll talk soon. Thanks, sir.
2: All right, fellas. I had fun. We'll do it again. Thank you. It's the Justin Kinner Show with Kev Nash. You're awesome, baby. Right here on
1: 1410. There are three 100 win teams in the National League. None of them are left standing. There's only one 100 team left in the Major League Baseball playoffs, and that's the team that the winner of tonight's Game Five between the Yankees and the Guardians. Trash can of course, it'll be the Houston Astros. Well, this is why I always say, like, it, it's annoying that the teams that get busted for doing some shady stuff always seem to be the like the best teams, right? Like the New England Patriots. If there was ever a team in football that did not need to handle and still be a top team in baseball, like I'm pulling for the Astros, Uh, it'll be interesting to see if they get to the Guardians, and I'll have to really uh, reevaluate at that point, but I'm I'm a big, huge Dusty Baker fan. Right. I'm pulling for him to get to the World Series. I'm pulling for him to finally get that World Series because he's been there a few times. I just want him to hurry up and get it so that he – you know what I mean? Like, I think it would be justified. You could argue one of the best ever. I don't want to get to the best ever. I don't know how we calculate the best managers ever in baseball, but he's up there. There's no Mm -hmm. way you can convince me otherwise. That's why I think the Reds organization is as stupid as they are because they thought they could do better. And look where we're at. So – with that being said, tonight's game five, the Yankees and the Guardians. I, I meant to ask this to Alan, I-, I forgot, but I did ask him. You know who are the Cleveland Guardians? The Guardians. You look at their payroll, Kev. I think they finished the season with a payroll at 82 million, but that was the that's the full, that's the entire organization. As far as the active roster, okay, 60 million is the active roster. That is high. The only two teams have a lower payroll. That's the Baltimore Orioles and the Oakland Athletics, two of the worst teams in baseball. Then you look at the team above the Guardians, the Pirates, and the Marlins. Rebuilding. The Marlins, I'm sorry, the, the, the Guardians payroll is telling you they're rebuilding. But they're anything but rebuilding. They're a game away from getting to the American League Championship Series and then are a series away from getting back to the World Series after they were there just back in 2016 with a vastly different roster. Right. Like this doesn't happen in any other sport more than, or I'm sorry, it doesn't happen in this sport. Baseball is a weird sport. Like, this shouldn't be happening. Uh, for instance, now I know I said earlier payroll doesn't tell the whole story. Well, look at the top five. The Mets, the Dodgers, the Yankees, the Phillies, the Padres, all playoff teams. Mm-hmm. Look at the top ten. After that, you have the Red Sox and White Sox, okay? But then you have the Braves, the Houston Astros, the Cardinals. Eight of the top ten teams are all in the playoffs, Kev. So I know payroll doesn't mean a World Series, but you could buy a playoff team. You can't yeah. buy championships in baseball. Yankees are proof of that. All right, How The Mets and the Dodgers, Dodgers and even the Padres over the last couple of years are proof of that. You could buy a playoff team. You can't buy a championship. You could buy a playoff team. So what I meant earlier, you kind of looked at me weird. I said, could this postseason appearance hurt the Guardians? The reason I think it could hurt the Guardians is, is what we've talked about. Remember during the pandemic, I kept saying all these companies downsizing. Responsibilities are then kind of shed to those who are left. And then during the pandemic, the smaller group of people that absorbed a full building's worth of responsibilities took on all those responsibilities, proved over the last three years that we could do it on a bare bone staff, right? And you, we heard this uh, through so many industries. Now these big companies, they don't want to bring people back. They don't want to absolve you from some of those responsibilities, and they don't want to <laughs> pay you for any more. You're punished because you proved you could do more with less. You did it before. So if you're the Guardians and you beat the Yankees, can't that hurt them heading into the postseason? I know this sounds crazy. In the postseason, or the, the offseason, I'm sorry. They beat the Yankees tonight. They go to the American League Championship Series and make it interesting. Maybe they get to the World Series. Maybe they win the World Series. And they do that with a $60 million payroll. Mm-hmm. The third lowest in baseball. I'm, does that, I don't think that motivates the Guardians to go spend money. I think they're going to sit back and say, well, damn, we got a World <laughs> Series. We don't have to win one. for. We don't even have to be back to one for the next 10 years. We could ride off this World Series like they did in the 16 one. That's what I mean by that. Could this postseason or this success almost hurt the Guardians because this front office should be looking to spend money now. But they'd never spend money. Right. So that's why I'm curious. This so, has hurt them? Because, hey, we don't need to spend money. Look what we're doing.
0: So for one they have the one of the lowest payrolls is because they have the youngest team in baseball. So, obviously, you don't have a whole bunch of veterans that have gone through arbitration and everything like that in order for them to get paid. So, that's part of the reason they have a low payroll. Number two, they shouldn't do what you're saying is uh, be extra, extra cheap because they haven't been extra, extra cheap in the previous regimes of this team. You know, think back. Obviously, they went to the World Series in 2016. Well... Leading up to that, in 2012 and 2013, they were terrible. And they still had a bad organization, bad players. Yep. And then those younger players started playing better. Uh, Lindor and everybody else like that. So when they did have a chance to get there, that's when they spent the bag and got more players on the team. And once those players started to show, like, all right, this was just a short run, this window was over, Shipped them on up out of Dodge for young talent. And then that young talent turned into guys like um drawing a blank on his name. Straw. Matt Straw. So you got those guys on the team now. So I don't think that they will. I think they're gonna stand, Pat, because this is the one organization in Cleveland that has basically been the same for the last couple of decades. They've been running to the exact same way. You you can look at What the Cleveland Cavaliers have done, they've been very sporadic. So with the LeBron coming, with LeBron leaving, then LeBron coming back, and now this new kind of found glory with the Cleveland Cavaliers, they've been bouncing all over the place. Obviously, the Cleveland Browns have bounced all over the place. This has been the most stable organization in Cleveland and is the most consistent. So I would imagine that they would just keep continuing to do more of the same. Because, I mean, you look at a guy like Lindor, as great as Frankie Lindor was for the Guardians, well, Indians at the time, I think they played it right. I think they played it right. (laughs) The Cleveland baseball team. The Guardians. The Guardians. I can't believe you said that. Did he ever play for the Guardians? (laughs) He (laughs) never played for the Guardians.
1: This is the one year, one year only. (laughs) He never played for the Guardians. The first year of that,
0: And, uh, yeah, so I think they played it right. I think they played it right by, you know, we knew Frankie was gonna get paid a ton of money. We knew the Guardians were not about to pay him three hundred something million dollars. Everybody so You're ain't fine it. that they didn't. I'm fine with it. But
1: like imagine they imagine this team with him. If anything, Kev, they could afford him more than anyone else. Like that's you know what I mean? But then again the Mets aren't hurting. Right. But like I think that's where, you know, when we talked about, you know, I was pissed off at Guardians fans a week and a half ago because I'm, I was annoyed watching their ballpark enjoy themselves because I'm like, <laughs> hold on, wait a minute. While this team, this poor team here, was busting their ass all 162 games long in front of the least amount of fans in the last 30 years in Cleveland. Now you want to come in and enjoy yourself for all the hard work that they've put in that you made their season more unenjoyable than it should have been because they're first place team. Like that's why I wasn't. I'm not anti-Guardians. I'm anti-Guardians fans, not yourself necessarily because you've been on me about talking more Guardians. I'm like (laughs) I'm not a believer. They ain't gonna do it, and they did it, and here we are. Point is, um, it's. I get it though. As a Guardians fan, I'm a little. I, I think the more I watch this team, all I'm noticing is is who's not here. Man, imagine but, this team if they did have Francisco Lindor. But like without Ramirez, but you
0: can't get Josh Naylor, you can't get Stephen Kwan without the trading of Frankie Lindor. You just can't because those what those players are turned into. You don't have them that without giving them up. A year and a half. That's how it worked. Like at, at least not works for the, that's what, not yeah. the Reds. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. Play I mean,
1: maybe not. Maybe uh, I, I might may be, may like be. 85 by the time he gets. Called I may up. be
0: mistaken about Josh Naylor, but I'm 100 percent sure that Stephen Kwan is a reflection it's of a what they got for 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 Frankie Lindor and I want to say uh, Rosario as well. So you don't get those players without giving him up. And eventually, we all know this, I know this, Shane Bieber, this upcoming season is going to be his last with the Guardians. He's going to go get paid. He'll probably get paid by somebody else after next season. Steven Kwan will be here for probably like another three or four years and eventually go get paid from somewhere else. Tristan McKenzie, I already know he's not going to be with the Guardians for long term. It That's why it's so important to have a good farm system and good management in place. And what makes it so crazy is that, Uh, dolan owns the Cleveland guardians and obviously a dolan owns the knicks and it's obviously two separate people don't have the same mind frame about how they want to run the organization he lets the baseball people do the baseball stuff while james dolan has his fingers in everything so
1: so real quick matt on youtube guardians fan i'm assuming but the guardians acquired ahmad rosario Shortstop. Yeah. This was for the uh, Lindor trade: uh, Andres Jimenez, uh, Isaiah Green, and Josh Wolf.
0: Okay, okay. I knew I knew Rosario was. I knew Rosario was for sure. I'm just, I'm not sure where Josh Naylor came from. I have no idea.
1: Matt, you're our producer today. Yeah, buddy. hit <laughs> me the game. Hit me the game because I don't know where he came
0: from. I always thought that he was a part of the Lindor situation. And Matt,
1: I, Matt, thank you for that, by the way. But yeah, um, so it's just one of those. It's like th- that, that's how my mind works. I'm watching the Guardians, and I'm like, this is cool. But it, I'll just, let, let me be honest. I'm not going to pretend to be a Guardians aficionado. I don't know who the hell any of these guys are <laughs> outside of Ramirez. Uh, and Tito Francona, by the way, best manager in baseball. I talked about Dusty Baker a little bit ago the two best managers in baseball and it's not even close and it's not a coincidence that the two best managers in baseball happen to be guys that are old school and not the right. new nerd analytic dudes I'm not saying they don't they haven't embraced analytics I think you you're not managing today if you don't embrace it to some degree I'm not saying that they're open arms with it. they yeah, still pulling guardians. pictures after
0: the 6 inning in and stuff like that. Things that kind of yeah, annoy me. You can
1: do it when you win. Yeah, yeah. That. When you win. When you win, it's fine. Hey, as hey, long as you win. But, you know, when you have the... But, yeah, anyways, besides, but I think the two best managers in baseball, not even close, uh, is those two, Tito and Dusty. Uh, and, you know, obviously, there could be Tito versus Dusty in the World Series, or the Championship Series coming up. It's a tough game five tonight. Oh, team. absolutely. Uh, I mean, it's in the Bronx. A tough game five tonight. Um, But that's... The the Guardians got to win in the Bronx. They split that series to, to get here. Uh, so real quick, Matt. Uh, sorry, Matt says um, Matt, Matt. You're coming through in the clutch. Today. I appreciate you. The Padres traded Naylor along with Austin Hedges, Cal Quantrill. So that that's for, all. for uh, uh Clevenger. Uh, so the Clevenger deal, like this run right now that the Guardians run. This is the Clevenger run. Right? Yes. Like they still. That's so. Now that I've seen that, now I could. Dig my heels a little deeper on this stance that the Francisco endured thing, Still, he should still be in Cleveland. He they should have just they could have afforded. But this reminds me of a, of a decade ago for the Reds. They had a big chunk of money, and it was Joey Votto or Brandon Phillips. BP. Now BP ended up getting some money, but he didn't get the money he wanted. And then there was always resentment between him and Joey Votto because obviously the money went all to Joey Votto, which I don't at the time. They went with the MVP, and, the, and Joey Votto an all-time great. Brandon Phillips is, you know, one of the more fan favorites. A great player. I, I he's still one of my all-time favorite players. One of these days, I'm gonna tell my BP story. Yeah, I'm sure. I have a, <laughs> quite a few as well. That includes our old boss, by the way. But that's besides the point. Um, he, uh, like, so the Reds went through something similar there, but they found a way to keep both. But they found a way to keep both because one took less than what they would deserve. Now, I think Francisco Lindor is way better than Brandon Phillips. by Not even close. Uh, But Francisco Lindor should have got paid and he still should be on this guardians team this guardians team kev is as exciting as some of the more higher end teams in baseball if they have ramirez and tim with all that talent that they got in the clevenger trade so i'm learning about the guardians as we're having this segment thanks to our producer matt matt i don't know your last name but from now on your producer matt uh from here on out on the show so appreciate it appreciate so, it uh, hit yeah. me the game uh, well, hold on. I'm learning more. Matt says, you couldn't pay Lindor and Jose. I would rather have Jose over Lindor. Yeah. Lindor hasn't been the same since he left. Okay, Lindor hasn't been the same since he left, but if he was, why couldn't you pay both? Look at this record low payroll you have. How could <laughs> you not have both? Matt, I'm just kidding. Like, what do you mean you couldn't have both? Why couldn't you? And the way baseball works now, you get the contract done, you try to make a little mini two, three-year run with the guys, and then you move on from them and get prospects here in the next couple of years. Unless they put that no trade in there, but that's not as that's not as common in baseball contracts as it is in the NBA and others.
0: Yeah, um, I was always under the impression that thank you, Matt. Again, it was just simply the philosophy of the team. The philosophy of the team is not to have to pay one guy, one bat, and pay one pitcher, and filter everything else around upping young talent. Like, that's always kind of like my thought process about the philosophy of the organization. And, you know, they lean on the we're a smaller market card to the fan base and everything like that. And then they go on runs like this. So half of the fan base is like, oh, man, look how good we are with the limited resources that we apply to the team. And half of the fan base is satisfied with that. And the other fan base is much like yourself. would. Well, then why didn't we spend more money? So it, it's it's a never ending struggle.
1: Yeah. And again, the one thing about baseball. That's so fascinating to me is for a sport that says you could only win by doing this, I love that the Indians are, or that the Guardians are doing it different. That while the Yankees, and, and I, we just went through the payroll a little bit ago, eight of the top ten teams in payroll and baseball in the postseason this year, you could buy a playoff appearance. You could spend a ton of money. So I'm not necessarily saying it, that the Guardians are 100% wrong for not keeping Lindor. I think it was a mistake not to keep him. Because I think that, I mean, they could afford them. I can understand if you're already in the mid-level range and couldn't afford to keep both. But you're, there's only two teams that have a lo- lower payroll than you. Don't tell me you couldn't afford both. Doesn't mean you have to marry them long term. You could extend. You could sign them long term, but you could trade out of it in a couple years after the contract, just like what the Marlins always do when they blew up their roster multiple times throughout those World Series runs. But like right. you look Braves at the rays too. Yeah, like the Mets, the Dodgers, the Yankees, the Braves. All these teams they're spending money left and right. That's one way to do it. But the Guardians are saying, well, you could, yeah, that's fine, but they're putting a big emphasis like the Rays are on developing talent. Mm-hmm. It's not the most aesthetically pleasing way. I think it's hard to keep fans that way. Like the Guardians, hopefully this run propels them into a new era, era of popularity within their fans. Kevin, other thing we talked about, people said, well, they got rid of the Indians' name now they're the Guardians. People are mad about changing the name from the Indians to the Guardians. That's where they've checked out. I actually think from a branding perspective, getting to this level of playoffs, playing the Yankees, mm-hmm. primetime Bob Costas on the call, which by the way, <laughs> I don't think he's the best. I, I don't understand that. I like Bob Costas, but Bob Costas as the play-by-play guy for baseball, uh-uh. I, I'll take our guy Tommy Thrall over here in Cincinnati. I'm not saying he's Bob Costas, but I think he's a better play-by-play guy than Bob Costas. That's just me. Um, but the, from a branding perspective, I think this is the best thing that could have ever happened to the Guardians. Shifting from the Indians to the Guardians, trying to really sell that new brand. Mm-hmm. No better way to do that than playing the Yankees in prime time in a five-game series, especially getting to game five. Uh, playing in New York, all the media attention, I think it's good for the brand of, of Cleveland moving forward.
0: Absolutely, and the concourse is open tonight in Cleveland. Obviously we're in Dayton. We're three hours away, but the concourse is going to be open tonight down there at the stadium they're going to have the team shop open late for people to get up more gear everything like that even though i can't get my hands on a a red uh jersey to save my life i had to keep wearing my gray
1: one but it's all good all right (laughs) 518-1410 518-1410 that's the number to call and jump in on the conversation uh just because i feel bad um, that we are not um talking Reds I shouldn't feel, I'm not feel. I don't feel bad that we're not talking Reds I just feel mad that we're not talking Reds I'm mad that the Reds aren't doing what the Guardians are doing I'm jealous that the Reds aren't doing what they, you know it is what it is but I did read an article John Fay the other day put out an article that one of the must one of the must needs or must, you know the to do's that the Reds need to focus on this offseason Johnny Cueto Bring in Johnny Cueto back this offseason. Put Johnny Cueto in a rotation with Hunter Green, Nick Lodolo, Graham Ashcraft. Uh, you're not playing to make the playoffs next year, but you could accidentally find yourself there if your pitching staff stays healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, if some bats develop along the way, who knows? But that was the most interesting Reds tidbit that, uh, you know, I've come across. Interesting. Interesting. Damn Bengals beat the 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 the... The Saints backup <laughs> quarterback. Okay, I just hadn't had yelled in a while. Sorry, that just I woke up in the middle of my sleep last night. Nightmares? No, not nightmares. Just ranting. <laughs> preparing for today. Fast asleep. Jumped up out of bed. No Chris Olave. Uh, <laughs> no Michael Thomas. And I was like, "Shut up and go back to bed." All right, we'll be right back. Five one eight fourteen ten. is the Johnson Kinder Show with Kev Nash right here on Dayton's ESPN Radio. weekdays and...